Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I've got a fantastic guest for you today, but real quick before we get to them, I have to tell you about Certified Piedmontese because this is a brand I am so excited about. In fact, I will never forget the first time I had Certified Piedmontese. The crown jewel of my initial visit to Casa Bovina was a beautiful rib cap that was so lean and tender, it was almost silky in texture. The moment that beef hit my taste buds, I was hooked. These animals are raised all natural on a network of family ranches across the Midwest, so Certified Piedmontese is able to cut out the middleman and buy directly from the source. And while I highly encourage you to check out Casa Bovina, you can savor this beef at home, too. Whether you order off Piedmontese.com or by calling one 800 414-3487, your purchase will be shipped directly to your front door. Plus, when you use my discount code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, you get 25% off your order. How can you beat that? So what are you waiting for? Get some steaks, burgers, bacon, or other meats and experience the certified Piedmontese difference for yourself today. And now, to my guest. Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I'm your host, Dan Hoppin', and I am so happy to reintroduce you to some of the first guests that I ever had on the show. The owners of Kitchen Table came on this podcast more than three years ago, way back in January of 2020. It was a whole pandemic ago. (laughs) (laughs) So while Omaha is no stranger to this power couple, a lot has changed since our first conversation, and I just wanted to catch up with what's going on with you guys, maybe reintroduce some people to Kitchen Table, or maybe introduce some people for the first time if they are not lucky enough to have experience. So to tell me about it, Jess and Colin Duggan. Guys, welcome back. It is so great to have you back on the show. It's great to be here. Be here and see you. And Yeah. yeah, this is great. This is great. This is fun. It has been far too long since I've had you on the podcast again. I've been going through some of my older episodes and being like, I need to catch up with some of my old friends here. So a lot of good food in Omaha, man. I understand. And the pandemic (laughs) kind of created that like lag where people just kind of stopped. Right. So life kind of stopped for a minute there. So for anyone that had life stop and they haven't gotten a chance to come to kitchen table... I would love to you guys to kind of set the stage on what we're talking about today. And I think the best way to do that is to start with your motto. Your motto is slow food fast, which knowing your restaurant, I absolutely love and I think is brilliant. But I would love for you guys to explain it. How do those three words like create the ethos that builds your restaurant? Well, I mean, we take the time to be ready for you. We do everything from scratch. We're focused on the ingredients and the quality of the food. Um, you know, I mean, everything kind of started with dough. Everything kind of starts with bread for us. Um, and, and bread is a very, very slow food when you do it right. It takes about two days to make 16 loaves of bread. So we're constantly in that cycle of, you know, preparing and and, and prepping and breaking down ingredients and, and making things ready for when you walk in the door, we give you something that that you couldn't necessarily get at a fast food joint, but we get it to you fast. So that, I mean, that, that's kind of the basis of it, just to... Casual with a lot of work put behind it. Right, exactly. It's, it's yeah, I mean, we're, you know, the, the background is fine dining, the the... The concept is appreciation of food and ingredients, and and we really love what we do, and we want to we want to we want to bring something different. Um, 
than what than what you can get on a regular basis. So, yeah, I mean, slow food fast is just we've spent the time to get ready for you, and here's what we love. Yeah, if we say, do you want ketchup or hot sauce with your breakfast? Yeah, we're not opening a bottle of Heinz or or cracking out some Tabasco. It's you know we we make our own hot sauce with arbol chilies and apples. We make our own ketchup from tomatoes and vinegar and onions and you know and we the steak sauce on the meatloaf the steak sauce on the meatloaf is the ketchup that we make that turns into another incarnation with you know fresh horseradish and and all kinds of different you know they're, they're, that's one of our more complex <laughs> complicated recipes there's 25 30 ingredients in that thing but um but yeah i mean the, the the point is is that it's all behind the scenes it's all behind the curtain and yet in an open kitchen. <laughs> We're in an open kitchen. Yeah, we have no secrets. We're here. The secret is, you know, people ask, what's the secret? The secret is hard work. We're just, we're here to do it. We're down for it. And, you know, we we want to present to people something that we would appreciate. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of the slow food fast motto. Well, I think what you just described is exactly what makes Kitchen Table so special in that, you know, even you're just talking about ketchup and hot sauce, it would be really easy for you guys to just slap a bottle of Heinz and a bottle of Tabasco on every table. And I would say 99%, if not all guests, wouldn't even blink, would not think twice. But you guys, you are staunchly against that. You say, no, we're going to bake every loaf of bread. We're going to make every, you know, barbecue sauce we're going to cure our own bacon we're going to do all this stuff ourselves so i would just love for you to uh just explain to the audience why like i know that you that you love doing what you do it was we're not it would be really it would be really easy for you to cut a corner or two and the customer wouldn't notice but you don't allow that to happen there are a million restaurants in the world there are a million there there are so many restaurants in omaha there's so many options out there and we're not the place you go for, you know, that fine dining experience. We're not your, you know, your 20th anniversary. To some people. Uh, I mean, to yeah, some. You yeah. could be. Well, we could, yeah, people yeah. do come in saying, uh-huh. like, this I is this it. is what I pick. Sure. No, we've had people got, we had a wedding <laughs> in the restaurant. I mean, yeah. Really? All kinds of crazy stuff happens. There, there is an opportunity to, hey, we're, we wouldn't make our own ketchup or whatever, and no one would notice, but you guys do it anyway. Well, no, it just it's, yeah, it's just something, it, we're really proud of what we do. We're proud of it, and it's, I wouldn't be proud of putting a bottle of Heinz on the table. That wouldn't give me pride. Mm. Um, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, the, 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 what do they say, the, the miracles in the details, or... Mm. I don't know. There's there's some phrase there, but it, it's it's all about every single detail, and that's that's really important to us. Everything that you experience at kitchen table should be unique. It should be unique to kitchen table. It's not, you know, you're just going out for a burger. It's oh, oh I mean, you are just going out for a burger or a meatloaf sandwich or whatever. It's simple, but it it should be different. It should be something that. You, you know, you, you keep with you. Yeah. And we my- want to create memories. We want, we want people to be comfortable and we want to provide something that you can't get anywhere else. Like all the best parts of 
all the things. So the fine dining with the quality and the comfort with the casual and the flexibility with doing everything from scratch and accommodating. Yeah. And that, that's another huge thing. The, the, the flexibility is another huge thing is, you know, we, we know exactly what's in everything. If you come in with a sesame allergy, we got you. Mm, No mm -hmm. worries. If you come in with, you know, 15 different allergies, we got you. Let's just talk about it. We know what's in everything. We can, we can work around it and make it work. And we, like new moms that can't have eggs or soy or, I mean, there's, yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of things that, that, that come up in the world today. That's, that's different. It's not just food is not one size fits all. It's, you know, everybody has a unique palate and, and needs. And we have, you know, really dug into the idea that we are not going to be the no substitutions, please restaurant. We're, we want you to have a great time and, and have something memorable and be taken care of mm-hmm. without all of the accoutrement, you know, mm-hmm. you don't need cloth napkins and fine silverware and a, you know, a server in a white shirt and black, sh- black pants. And I mean, that, that whole thing is, it's appreciated. It's great. It's great. We love those experiences, but you should be able to relate any dining experience to something memorable. Mm-hmm. And, and so the way that we've found to do it and the way that we're comfortable doing it and the way that we are proud of doing it is by just starting from the base. You know, I, you know, once, once upon a time I, I mentioned somewhere, it's not, we're, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. We just make every wheel from scratch. Oh, that's a good way of putting it there. <laughs> and, and I love that you say you want to make every meal memorable because I hadn't actually thought about this until you mentioned that. I can retrace going back probably three and a half years now. It was definitely before the pandemic when I first came into Kitchen Table. I can remember every time in my mind bringing my parents in for brunch. The mm-hmm. first time Sarah and I came in, yeah. when I came in last summer and had the BLT, which I want to talk about more later. <laughs> my most recent visit with the egg sandwich. Like every one of those times I remember because biting into that food, it was like, okay, yes, I'm having a bowl of pasta or uh, an egg sandwich or a BLT or a chicken sandwich. Like these are all familiar things, but you bite into that and that level of quality is just like, this isn't like an egg sandwich that I've had before. These eggs are just like so creamy, so buttery, so delicious. And I think that's where what you're talking about, you know, going down to every level of it where you're building it from the base up, not taking anything, not cutting any corners. That's what creates that memorable experience. Right. Yeah. It's as complicated as we can make simple. (laughs) (laughs) We remember... You're very tall family, and <laughs> you and Sarah coming down in the snow. And, and, uh, that's a good point. It's that's wild. the other side of it is, yeah, I mean, you know, half the people that walk in the door, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm over the stove. I'm 30 feet away and behind a bunch of stuff, but we're in an open kitchen, and I recognize everybody who walks in the door. That's incredible. And Jess is half blind now. So. Not truthfully, not diagnosed. I just need to go to the eye doctor. It's really so I, bad. I, my job is to shout out who when a regular comes in. <laughs> Hey, Angie. <laughs> oh, it's Angie. There you go. You, you guys have a system down. It, exactly. works. it works. We do. So I wanted to, to ask you, um, you know, kind of taking the, this 
create everything yourself ethos. That's something that we see now at Dirty Birds, which is a restaurant that's owned by a couple of your former employees, Dan yep. Whalen, Moses Mosley. They've been on this podcast, sure. and they've carried that on. I mean, they're making all their hot sauces. They're breaking down all their chickens. They've started doing pasta now. Mm-hmm. So they, I mean, they're making that all themselves. Like, how proud does that make you guys to see that you you made an impact like nah, that. I mean that's the business that's that's how it works when you you know when you do something when you when you present yourself as open and as you know clearly as as we do or you know I mean that, that's just kind of the nature of the business I have mentors who I worked with for years who are incredibly proud of me um, for what we've accomplished and it's it's the same thing dan and moses you know we we hired dan what eight years ago as a dishwasher he was just a goofy kid he was working at and now he owns furniture mart and yeah just wanted to wanted to do something different and then he fell in love with food because he saw the whole picture and uh so yeah no we're incredibly proud of those guys they've done an amazing job and they're you know they're still they're they're great friends they come in all the time we're neighbors now Mm mm-hmm able to lean on each other a little bit here and there when we need to, but we're, we're all, you know, doing the best that we can. And, and yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think it's cool too, that anybody doing a little bit more from scratch is just providing another thing for anybody. So yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just another level. It just makes Omaha a little better. Mm -hmm. Now farm to table is a buzzword that just about every every restaurant wants to use because sure. it sounds great. Mm-hmm. You guys, I mean, again, it is at the heart of what you do. And you can go on your website and see every farm, every producer, every, you know, every uh, garden, whatever it might be that you guys work with, it's there. And you guys really, really take that to heart. And I found a, a, a quote that you had in an interview a while ago. And when I say a while ago, it's like 2017, (laughs) but I don't think it's changed. But Colin, you were talking about how kitchens can just be so repetitious. You're just, you can do the same thing over and over again, Mm -hmm. but it brings new life into the kitchen. When you start with what's fresh and seasonal and available, and then you kind of reverse engineer it and build dishes up based off of what you have. Can you kind of break that down for me a little bit more and just nah, what I mean, what made you say that? I mean that's that's the magic. That's that's what changes there. I mean we have yes, we work with a ton of farms, right? But we have people who who are regular diners who come in and oh, the horseradish. Yeah, they they grow horseradish in their backyard and they can't use it all. So here, do you want every winter? They really, bring us yeah. a bunch of fresh horseradish. You want some fresh horseradish? We have people who Marie, her family. I mean, it's yeah. great. Yeah, and sage, whatever. Who I mean, it's just kind of it, oh, the big, huge sage, yeah. giant. Paul and Melissa, <laughs> yeah. not Paul, Kent and Melissa. Kent and Melissa, yeah. Do you want Paul's Marisa? You guys want you guys want some sage? Sure, we'll take some sage. And then it's like a grocery bag that's just like, I mean, pounds of sage. What? Okay, now what do we do with it? And it just it breathes life into the kitchen when when something new walks. We have a guy who this is a. I mean, this goes way back. I worked for Gene Camarada right out of high school. Um, he was actually my culinary arts teacher at the Career Center here in Omaha. Um, unbelievable human being. Love the guy. So we opened up the restaurant almost 10 years ago. 
almost exactly 10 years. Yeah, this June. This June will be 10. And uh, a year or so in, this guy just comes wandering in, some old hippie dude. Uh, I still don't know his name, to be totally honest. He's been in several times. But he just, he, he was a friend of Gene's. He hunts mushrooms in local forests. He hangs out over at, you know, Lewis and Clark Monument or whatever. He's got his spots, but he won't tell you what they are. And uh, he, every now and again, maybe every two to three years, just randomly, he'll show up with a hen of the woods mushroom. Big as this table. As big as this table. Just, I mean, just like, mm, here you go. What? I don't want anything. Just here you go. I mean, and it just changes the whole dynamic of the next two weeks of what you're doing. It's like, okay, I had a plan. Now I need to reset. I have 25 pounds of beautiful hen of the wood mushrooms. And, okay, so we're going to do pasta. We're going to do... Mushroom know, melts, yeah. Mushroom melts. We're going to do omelets. We're going to do... We, we figured out how to, um, you know, do a, a, like a classic barbecue sandwich with these mushrooms. We marinate them, we grill them, and then we slow roast them. And, I mean, there's like four or five steps to the process. It takes a couple of days to get it done. But then when it's ready to go, it's, it, it's like pulled pork. Just just because we had this giant mushroom that this guy brought in to to mess with. And it's just, it changes everything. It makes it all fresh all the time. And it's, it's great. And it's great. It's just super quality. And it came from, you know, across the river. It came from a bluff over there. <laughs> <laughs> you know? This is like the most it's amazing just, story. <laughs> it, but it happens all the time. He brought in a picture one time of his car. He had to get a cherry picker to get this mushroom. And it, it's the mushroom sitting on the hood of his car, and it's, like, hanging over. It's this giant mushroom. It's nuts. He, yeah. brought us a, he brought us half of that one. <laughs> I guess he's got some other friends. I don't know. But, but it's, yeah, it's, it's not just the farms. I mean, you build that foundation. You build that reputation. And people know about it. We got a call a few years back from a guy we had never met before who had, he grew a bunch of poblanos. He's like, I got tons. I'll take them bring them and so then we made pepper jelly we made you know green all chili. the chili verde made, yeah yeah we, we yeah we made chili rellenos so we you know it's just like it it changes your whole perspective when you're open open to what's abundant you find out that there is an abundance out there it's just a whole bunch of people caring about what they do and right. sharing it with right. the people that care about what they do it's all community we started mm-hmm. this thing because we love this community, we, we grew up here, um, and it matters. And people notice, and they take care of us, and we take care of them, and it's just a real family, family-oriented situation, I guess. That was like three of the most beautiful moments of this podcast history right there. <laughs> just like this communal environment of people bringing you stuff and then you transforming that into great food for them. It's I exciting. It. It's exciting. I mean, it you know. Feels- it just feels right. Yeah. Like, I think about, you know, when we got married. We got married in, in Zihuataneo in, in Mexico. And uh, Jess's folks got down there. Oh, the fish. Yeah. Jess's folks got down there a day before us, and they went out that morning and on a, on a chartered fishing tour. And they caught a bunch of fish, and they brought it back to the hotel, a bunch of beautiful tuna. And they brought it back to the hotel, and the kitchen prepared it. And when we got in... We had this amazing meal waiting for us that with both our families with both and our the families fish there. they caught. And the fi- um, yeah, and it was it was just a, this incredible moment of 
why can't we do this? Oh, you're doing it now. <laughs> there's there's no why can't we do this? You are doing it. And I have to bring up one more example to just hammer home the point, and that's the BLT that I just mentioned. It your BLT is the best freaking BLT I've ever had. And it's, it's the best BLT in the world. I'll I'll just say that. It, I, I'm sorry. I don't I don't generally toot my own horn like that, but it is the best BLT in the world. It's not remotely close. And <laughs> it, and the crazy thing about it is it's not like you're throwing a bunch of crazy ingredients in there. Mm-hmm. It's still bread, mayo, bacon, tomato, and lettuce. Like, it's so simple. simple, and yet it's so good. But the thing that's fascinating to me about it is that you guys only serve it for, like, what, five or six weeks each summer? Whenever Terry has tomatoes. Uh, yeah. Right, because it depends on the, the season. Yeah. Last are, season are was terrible for tomatoes. So it wasn't, I mean, we, d- we didn't have the abundance that we normally have. Um, but, yeah, it's only Terry's tomatoes. There's a, there's a hard and fast rule there. But see, that's what I th- like. That's just another example of what makes you special. Because you could go to the grocery store, you could go to Hy-Vee and get tomatoes year round, and you could make a sandwich that's probably seventy to seventy-five percent as good as that sandwich. And if a customer just came in and got that for the first time, I bet they'd still think, "Hey, this is a very good BLT. I'm happy to order this." But it wouldn't be your peak no. BLT, so you can't do it. And we do. I mean, we get there's you know there's a, a, a Guy over in Iowa that we work with who the hot house tomatoes hot, yeah. who grows hot house tomatoes and we get those six seven months out of the year mm-hmm. and we do a lot of things with those and they're great but no they don't they they're not for the BLT they're not part of that sandwich the BLT has to be Terry's heirlooms that's the only way to do it Terry's heirlooms they're perfect I mean if if there was any reason for you listeners to to follow Kitchen Table on social media you already should be anyway but watch in the spring or the summer whenever Terry's tomatoes are ready yeah. and post about that BLT pop-up, it's time to make a visit downtown, which I should mention, uh, Kitchen Table, located in downtown Omaha. I've yeah. been doing better about getting the locations in the podcast. But All right. We're, sl- right, we're right across bit. from the giant hole in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> so much construction but downtown in a right now. more positive light, the mall. The mall's been... Great. Right. Yeah. And it's weird us talking about the mall because we don't go to the mall. Yeah, we were, we were the really Gene Leahy Mall. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, it, and it is amazing. We you know, it's it's so nice to have it right down the street. And um yeah, if you haven't been down to the if you haven't been down to the new Gene Leahy Mall, good grief, get down there. Yeah, it's, it's really super cool. cool. Mm-hmm. It's super cool. I'm really hoping they're gonna have some some really good programming on that stage this this summer. It's gonna be exciting to see. Definitely. So the restaurant and the concept, we've talked so much about the ethos and, and what you guys built it on. That has not changed, but there there has been a lot that's changed about the restaurant in the last three years since you've been on the podcast. I mean, at that time, you were offering dinner at nights. You had a rotating menu that featured a lot of pastas and burgers. And I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think brunch was only on the weekends. Correct. And now you're doing, you're primarily open for breakfast and lunch most days. You've got a little bit more of a pared down menu, but you're still offering daily and weekly specials. What, in your eyes, how has Kitchen Table kind of shifted over the past couple of years and, and what led to those changes? Wow. COVID. Yeah. Work yeah. from home. Everybody has a different work yeah, when life you're, balance. When yeah. you're downtown, it's not, you know, you're not in a neighborhood. It's, it's becoming more of an yeah There's we a had a solid like traditional lunch hour today where you have that eleven thirty to twelve thirty but that is yeah when nobody's in those to- offices when nobody's in those high rises you i mean 
you got to reinvent. You got to figure out how to reach people. And, um, you know, the, the shop at was kind of born out of that. Uh, and it's been, it's been great. It's, um, you know, just, we found a lot of, I guess, like-minded companies. Yeah. Definitely thoughtful. Like-minded. It's, yeah. Um, who are producing some really cool things. Offering uh, something a little unique that right. we can share. And so we bring in, you know, little grocery items, things that you can, you can build your own meal with. Um, we have a couple of farms that bring us greens, so we always have salad. In the, in Local greens in the shop at fridge. Yeah. Bags of salad you can grab, and um, you know we're, we we started making pizza crusts with the sourdough, um, and we keep those on hand at all times. So instead of going to Baker's and getting a bobbly for the same price, probably a little less actually, you can come down and and grab a, a handmade pizza crust and. That's done with the Levain dough, yeah. Right, exactly. It's a sourdough. It's a California style, so it's uh, they're 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 really solid. And that was kind of, you know, we started doing initially with the with the pandemic. We started doing um, take home dinners. The exarbans and the lasagnas. Oh, the exarbans, the exarbans. And lasagnas. <laughs> um, we did enchiladas. We did you know different things that you could just kind of grab and and take home to your family. Um, we focused a lot on like holidays doing doing the sides and yeah so if you were celebrating separately right so we could you know yeah get your own turkey but we've got all the sides taken care of for thanksgiving and christmas and and those types of things so and that kind of evolved into this just natural grocery type situation it's you know and, and and we've been talking a lot about you know how do we incorporate more fresh produce into the situation where you know, people can can come in in the summertime and get you know a couple of zucchinis and eggplant and and one of Terry's tomatoes and go home and make themselves some ratatouille. Yeah, because we want people to have. I mean, we love people coming in and eating with us, but cooking is fun. Like getting your hands in there and getting your hands on it. We want to provide that too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and with you know with with the great ingredients that we've been lucky enough to work with. So, yeah, I think I mean that's that's kind of been the main evolution um, dinner time, there just wasn't anybody downtown. So we just kind of stopped doing it. Um, and then as people started coming back downtown, breakfast became the more logical route to, to start with. Um, I think there's more dinner in our future. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's probably, you know, maybe this summer on a, on a small scale, a couple nights a week or something, maybe some special events. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, there's nothing set in stone ever. It's always just, what are we going to do today, brain? (laughs) (laughs) You guys have rolled with the punches very well. I I would say it's our life. There's not an option. It's, you know, we, we were a hundred percent all in. Like you said earlier, we live upstairs. We live at the restaurant. It's home, it's our life, and it's what we want to share with the world. So there's no option but to roll with the punches. Mm-hmm. Everybody's getting punched, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But we're here if you want some good food. And to grab a bag of English muffins to take home. Sure. I mean, that makes everybody sick. Yeah, the breads are, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the nice thing about the shop at, too, is having that base of breads. You know, you can get a loaf of bread, you can get some brioche, you can get English muffins, you can get our house-made biscuits. Um, 
Yeah. And that's how I'd want to shop, I guess. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You don't know what you're getting off the shelves at a grocery store. I mean, when I brought up grocery store tomatoes five minutes ago, yeah, call them <laughs> <laughs> I thought you might just walk out. Hey there, listeners. We'll get back to my guest in a minute, but I got to remind you one more time about certified Piedmontese. There are certain moments in your life that are so remarkable, you'll just never forget them. I distinctly remember the first time that I watched LeBron James play basketball and the first time I saw the original Star Wars. The sheer awe I had in those moments changed the way I look at basketball and movies, respectively, moving forward. The same goes to steak, thanks to certified Piedmontese. The rib cap at Casa Bovina is so rich, decadent, and fork tender that it is seared into my brain. But you don't have to dine at Casa Bovina to have that same life-changing experience. This beef is so delicious, even the average home cook can look like a superstar using these steaks, roasts, and ground beef. Trust me, I know from experience. Check out all the options on CertifiedPiedmontese.com and use my promo code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, for 25% off your order. It's time to start creating new beef-centric memories that'll stay with you forever. And now, back to my guest. But, so, I mean, you guys have made some some significant pivots, and, like, adding the shop at, that's been a really positive addition. That has been, But yeah. you also, you know, you had to let go of dinner. You know, there are some menu items, like, I haven't seen the veggie dog or the, the cinnamon, I think, cinnamon sugar dirt bombs, I think oh, they're yeah. called, or bombs something along those lines. Around. There have been things that but have been... coffee cake is back. I mean, we rotate through. We do, you know, that's the thing is, is we're not, we're never going to be wheat fields. Right. We're not going to have, you know, we're not a donut shop. We're not going to have 50 different flavors of pastries. If we make a scone, it's because rhubarb's in season. Or a big bag of sage shows up with Kent and Melissa. Right. And so we do, yeah, we make the butternut sage scones or, you know, I mean, it's, it's what we have to offer. It's not necessarily about having a consistent menu all the time. Yes, there's a, there's an importance to being able to not necessarily duplicate, but live up to the standards of someone's past experience at your restaurant. Um, and so there are some staples, some things that, that carry through, uh, like the bird, for instance, yeah. which is never going anywhere. Yeah, I was going to say, if the whole bird ever comes <laughs> off the menu, that's when I'm really going to worry about kitchen yeah, table. Yeah, we're fine there. Um, no, but the jam rotates with what's... But yeah, we always have a jam... A, a things that are flexible jam sandwich but we, we change it around it's just based on it's just a savory peanut butter and jelly with vegetables um and it's a you know a, a bean mash a vegetable jam and some sort of sweet potato zucchini oh yeah right now we have sweet potato asparagus is coming zucchini in the summertime um we've done beets we've done cauliflower we've done you know it just it, it rotates through it's something that you know as a vegetarian or a vegan or someone who just really likes vegetables that you can come in and get a jam sandwich. You just don't necessarily know exactly what it's going to be. That was really cool. So, uh, I want to talk about you guys and, and your roles in the restaurant, like working as a husband wife team, like what are, what are your roles and responsibilities? How do you play off one another? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I cook. I do. Everything else. <laughs> no. 
Just, uh, yeah. No, I mean, for years we had, I, I expoed. I, you know, I, I stood at the big table. I touched every ticket. I, that's kind of changed in the last few years. Uh, staff has been kind of pared down and I'm more on the piano now. Um, doing most of the cooking myself and Jess has just kind of slid right into the role of, of expo. And, um, well, I had a good teacher, (laughs) but there's there's so much more to it. I mean, you know, Jess has taken over that brain, um, to a certain extent. And, but at the same time, Jess is doing all of, the majority of the financials, I mean, we're discussing everything. Everything is, well, I guess the easy answer is that there are no real roles. No, we just work it's together. Just make the restaurant happen. Yeah. yeah. As long as Jess doesn't have to cook a chicken breast, she can do anything in the kitchen. Yep. Well. Most anything yeah. in the kitchen. She makes a killer aioli. <laughs> and she's quite the stir. <laughs> but no, it's, it's, yeah, we just, we, we do what needs to be done on a daily basis. How can I help you get, if this is difficult, how can I help you get it done? I mean, you just, that's a marriage. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I mean, it's all about pace and communication and, you know, I recognize when she's getting frustrated and try to balance and she does the same for me and. At the end of the day, we we get it done. We just get it done. Well, you guys mentioned Kitchen Table coming up on its 10th anniversary this summer. Yeah. At, at what point in that decade did you feel like you really got locked in? I mean, you from what I've seen between you guys, both in the podcast studio and in the restaurant, you have incredible chemistry. Like, when you're in the restaurant, how, when did you really feel like – we've got this, like, it's almost like unspoken that you just know, like you were just saying, Colin, you're like, hey, Jess is having a rough go of it right now. I I need to watch what I say. I need to calm down. I mean, yes, part of that is just being in a marriage, Mm -hmm. but most couples go to work differently and they separate. You guys don't have that separation. You're, you're with each other. You're in it. Well, I, I, I mean, honestly, for me, from day one, I don't, we, we made a commitment to each other you know, I mean, we're kind of a unique situation. We've been married for 12 years, but we've been together for 20, 22. So we we had a lot of time to figure each other out, I guess. And when it came time to make this decision and make this commitment, it was, you know, it wasn't like we were starting from scratch. We... We we were doing what we did at home, but right. in a larger format. In a larger format, <laughs> and with with customers. <laughs> so yeah, it just I mean, it's yeah, it's natural. It's natural. It just comes naturally to us. We we made a commitment to do this, and we made a commitment to support each other and live a life together, and do the best we can with the local farmers. Exactly. I think it's amazing to see. So. um decade in the restaurant industry i feel like and you guys can correct me if you think differently omaha's restaurant community restaurant scene has dramatically shifted in the past decade oh yeah it's it's just a completely different beast now than it was before but i would love to hear it from you guys as people who are in the industry how have you seen 
the restaurant scene just grow and change in this city? I think there's just a lot more people taking chances. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing is that, you know, there's there have always been good cooks in Omaha. I, I mean, I think, you know, you tip your hat to Metro. They've really done a great job of engaging and and chiseling some fine culinarians. Bringing people in from out of state too. Yeah, for sure. But I think, I, but I think the biggest thing is, is like I said, just, just people are taking more chances. You're seeing less and less of the, the big chains. You're seeing more and more of these, you know, I mean, I, like look at countryside village, look at the change there. That's mm-hmm. crazy. And they've been pushing for it for, I mean, we've, I don't, I don't know how many letters we got from those guys about opening a second location out there, but it's, there's more opportunities and there's more people willing to take chances. And I think that's the biggest thing. There's always been talent in Omaha. There's always been, you know, some really thoughtful people. There's always been investors. There's always been plenty of money here. Um, but I think more and more people are just, deciding that they're going to do it their way. And that makes a huge difference. I think the reception, too, from the community in Omaha is encouraging. And that lens, it all goes together. People want to get out and not go to the chain. Right. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, people like you who who talk about it and promote it and appreciate it, That that's a a huge part of it as well. You know, I mean, I was just thinking the other day, we haven't had a, a food critic in Omaha in six years, six or seven years, but it's not, I mean, the, the conversation continues and it's, it's people like you doing things like this, that, that help that. And the more people are encountered by presented with what's going on, the more interested they are. And the more they come out to see us or go, you know, try something new, try something new. And so I think it's, it's just a really, a really strong community. It's a really strong symbiotic relationship of people doing the work, people talking about the work, people enjoying the food. It just, I mean, there's just really good momentum in Omaha right now. I think I would agree with that. Now you brought up something, uh, in that answer that I would love for you to shed some light on. And I don't mean to bring up, bring up like bad memories, but there was a second location of, of kitchen table at one point and you guys closed that one and you went back to one. I, I don't bring that up to, to talk about bad vibes, but I, I want people to understand the reality of what opening a second location means because I hear it all the time, most specifically pointed at block 16, but other restaurants too, they're like, you need to open, you know, restaurant X in West Omaha. You need to open one in my neighborhood. And they're serious. And they're like angry at restaurant tours as people who have gone through that. I would love for you guys to just shed some light on why it's not as easy as just hitting copy paste to move kitchen table anywhere else in Omaha. Well, if you had bottles of Heinz ketchup, that's <laughs> there it is right there. there. Yeah. But it all comes back to Heinz. That's what we do. I know we, hello, Heinz. <laughs> but no, I mean, that's, you can't duplicate, right? I mean, you could. We could. We could do another kitchen table. We did another kitchen table, but it's not. It's never going to be the same. I, it, 
it's our home. Mm -hmm. Nobody's going to care. Nobody's ever going to care as much as we do. And you can't be in two places at once. So yeah, you can make it work. You can franchise, you can do these things and it happens all the time and it happens all over the world and people get rich and it's great. It's not for us. We tried. It seemed like a great opportunity. It didn't work out. You move on. And I totally respect that. I mean, you know, we've talked about everything that makes kitchen tables so special. The fact that it's a husband-wife team working together that live upstairs. You know, that you guys have this unspoken bond in the kitchen that you've got customers that are just bringing in mushrooms or sage or whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. these are things that cannot just be replicated and put somewhere else. I mean, you can put systems in place. You can instruct employees how to act or how to manage or, you know, how to cook certain dishes, but you can't replicate some of those things that really make a kitchen table experience a kitchen table experience, I would say. Yep. Agreed. All right, back on the positive side of things. I want to talk about an egg and cheese sandwich because I feel like that's something that is going to be, it's one of those things like you mentioned, it's always going to be on the menu or some version of it is going to be on the menu. And when you come in, you don't necessarily know every little component that might be on it or there might, like when I came in, there was kimchi on it. I don't know if that's always going to be on that sandwich or if that changes up. Right now we're doing marinara and mozzarella. We're doing like a pizza sandwich. See, there you go. Right in between waiting for... The spring and season. Asparagus is coming. Yeah. I guarantee that's going to be the next one. Asparagus guacamole. Asparagus guacamole. <sighs> yeah. But, awesome. but like the base of that sandwich, it's so, it's really so simple. It's eggs, it's bread, it's cheese, and then it's whatever, whatever little accoutrement you guys want to throw on there. Right. Or, and customers have the option to add bacon. But like it's such a simple sandwich. And yet I bit into that and immediately it was just like, this is, one of the best breakfast sandwiches I've ever eaten. I mean, those eggs were just otherworldly. Just, I know it's simple. I know it's easy, but please break that sandwich down for me because it, I mean, it was, it's awesome. Like all things, it starts with the bread. Um, yeah, just, I mean, butter griddled sourdough is is an amazing base for just about anything. You get that nice, you know, the, the, the crispy crust, the soft interior. Um, the egg, yeah, it's, it's, it's really super simple. It's just, it's just careful. It's just very specific. It's two eggs, a pinch of salt, a splash of water, whisked smooth, a little bit of oil in the pan, and then you cook it while stirring constantly on high heat until you have a heavy cream consistency and you finish it in the oven and it fluffs. The water evaporates just like when you're baking bread. Um, and adds air to the situation. It puffs, um, and then yeah, you just fold it into quarters. It's a it's a classic bodega egg. It's very it's very simple. It's but yeah, it's 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 full of air. It's full of butter. It's full of life. It's tasty. It's you know everything that a good egg should be. Yeah. Um, the cheese is. I mean, it depends. We don't necessarily always have cheese. It just whatever fits kimchi and cheddar really right. go well really together. Go well together. P- marinara mozzarella really go well. But together. then we'll move into summer, and there'll be the tomatoes and. Or we always have the chili crisp biscuit, which is a, a totally unique experience. I was actually that's year round. My 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 first well, my first recipe was cinnamon sugar butter in the second grade, but 
My my first serious recipe was famous eggs, which I I really loved fried rice when I was a little kid, and I wanted my eggs to taste like fried rice eggs, so I added soy sauce and scallions, and boom, it blew my mind. Scrambled eggs with soy sauce and scallions is insane. It's insanely good. So I did the same thing with the bodega style, where I'd whip it into the heavy cream and finish it. It's almost like a liaison. Um, you don't need salt because the soy provides that. And you get this this like fluffy cloud of fried rice essence. And we put that on a biscuit with uh, chili crisp, which is shallots and garlic, which are cooked down for two days, super slow in oil, uh, star anise and cinnamon, lots of crazy flavors. And then you whisk it all together with uh, um, chili flake, a little sugar, ginger. Um, and it becomes this like tacky spread mm. of just... It's so good. <laughs> and so then you set this egg on top of that on a biscuit, and then we top the whole thing with Green Goddess, um, which is just like a really bright yogurt-based creamy vinaigrette with a bunch of herbs mixed into it. And so there's no cheese there, but it's it's just, you know, the layers of flavor. And I, I mean, I think that, that goes back to the bird, where it's, you know, creating those, those dark, rich flavors, complementing them with, bright, happy, garlicky, sunny flavors. And then, you know, your your textures with the the crispy skin and the egg and the yolk melting all over. It's, it's the same thing where you, you, you just kind of balance these flavors up where you have something really dark and rich, something really light and airy, something really bright. And then you put it all in a buttermilk biscuit that's baked perfectly and it's insane but there's nothing else to it it's just an egg some shallots and garlic it just takes time <laughs> this is just like <laughs> not fair we're, we're to peel back the curtain we're recording this at 4 30 so like i like dinner is in my near future so which <laughs> means it's right rolling. at the yeah. front yeah it's right at the front of my brain and i'm hearing this chili crisp biscuit with these eggs that i'm sure are incredibly simple and easy to make but i could never make them myself and Oh, okay, we need to move on. <laughs> uh, I need to get that out of my brain, or I'm just not going to be able to speak. Okay, we've we've talked. We haven't talked any real vegetarian or vegan dishes so far, and I know that that's an important. Yeah, the tofu has been a big. Thing. Yeah, that's the it, buffalo. That, um, has been. The buffalo itself, but with the the Burmese tofu, we've been doing the chickpea tofu for quite a while now, um, and it's just such a versatile ingredient. I mean, we can, you know, we do a Reuben with it. We do a buffalo sandwich with pickles and slaw. And then we make the buffalo with the We make the buffalo sauce hot with sauce and house then made nut butter house and hot butter. sauce and, and olive oil. So there's no which is butter. Basically, I mean, you know, buffalo sauce is just butter and hot sauce. Mm -hmm. We just use our house-made nut butter instead of butter. So it stays vegan and it's super rich and delicious. And yeah, you can eat it by the spoonful. Thing. Yeah, you can eat it by the spoonful. Um. So yeah, the, and then we did a banh mi recently. Mm -hmm. with the, the when we saw the kimchi. Right. I mean, use a lentil mash as our pate. It's just, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, reinterpretations of, of, of classics. It's just understanding food from the start so you, you can go back and tinker. You know, we, we, we've talked a little bit about, actually we've talked a lot about how 
you take the ingredients that are available and you kind of build up from there. And you mentioned specifically with that mushroom that you essentially turned into pulled pork. I mean, all of a sudden that goes from a meaty classic to something that is a, a vegetarian or potentially even a vegan dish. Sure. Do you ever go the other way around and say like, we would love to like the, the Buffalo tofu, which we would like to have some vegetarian version of a Buffalo chicken sandwich. What does that look like? And then reimagine it that way. Or does it always kind of start with what you have? It always kind of starts with the base. It always kind of starts with what you have. I mean, the, the, I think we did the chickpea tofu originally for Lent a couple of years back. And we did the we did a big fish. It's a vegan fish sandwich. I made a vegan tartar sauce with uh, the leftover liquid from garbanzo beans from making hummus. The aquafaba, yeah. Aquafaba. And uh yeah, we we you know, breaded the 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 tofu and panko and, and made fish sticks. And uh we made a big slaw that we put on there and yeah, that was kind of yeah. So it was like, oh, oh, okay. So now we have this tofu, and it it's very very. We can do this with it. What else can we do with it? How does it take a marinade? So we'll soak it in something for a couple of days and see how it works. And it works. Goodness, it works. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it nice fit? too because it's gluten free. It's really, I mean, it's a great option to add to anything. There's yeah, and it. I mean, the way we the way we cook it, it comes out in these nice little planks. So it's it's like. Cold cuts almost. It's like slices of meat. Um, so yeah, it, I, I, it it really starts with a an idea or an ingredient, and yeah, you just build build around that, build up from there. I, I I don't think we've ever really we don't really do a whole lot of reverse engineering. We don't really set out to do something and then find a way to do it. We find something that works and then figure out what to do. What with to it. add to it? Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I love just watching you guys talk about food. Just, you can just see the wheels in your brain turning, the the looks that you guys give each other. Like, I can almost like hear these conversations that we you're talking about having. You know, <laughs> hey, you know, we've got these ingredients. How do we use this? Oh, this just pops. What if we added it with this? Like, exactly. Totally. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I'll to be watch. totally honest. The the most innovative pork chef I've ever met in my entire life is my vegetarian wife. <laughs> Every great pork thing that comes on our menu somehow came out of her brain, and I don't, I don't, I, I don't understand it. <laughs> she doesn't eat pork; she hasn't in twenty five years, mm-hmm. but she gets it. <laughs> <laughs> you just think about what makes sense. That would be good. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yep. Let's yeah, do yes it. it would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sure. All right, as we're running a little low on time here, um, I realized there are two questions that I like to ask every guest that I have on the podcast, but I don't think I'd started asking these questions when I had you guys on the last time. So I went back and listened, and I, I don't think I did at the end of the episode. Okay. So here they are. First one, what is one thing that you think most diners don't understand about the restaurant industry or restaurant life that you wish they did understand? Only one? No, <laughs> we, we can turn this into a three-hour podcast. We just might have to pay the producer a little extra. No, um. I don't know. I mean, everybody's different. Right. We try to just be. I mean, yeah. There's times where you're like, huh, huh, really, huh? Yeah. I don't know how to respond to this, but I don't. I couldn't pick on or pick one specific 
thing. I, I mean, in the reverse, when you go to a table and you're like, oh my God, I didn't know we were out of this and we are making it right now. And the guest looks up at you and like, all good. You're good. And I suggest a few of the other things, some comparable options. They're like, I want that one. That's a great idea. That's the magic right there mm-hmm. as far as the guest experience. Because then they see, they know, like, you don't want to, you don't want to say this. Yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, I think just, I guess the main thing that I would say in answer to that question is just, I wish that people understood how much we want them to be happy. How, you know, I mean, that's, I don't know what else to say, that's. We really want you to come in and have a good time. <laughs> we want you to enjoy this food. It's not, you know, we're not doing this. We're not doing this to make money. <laughs> we're, not, we're not doing this because it's easy. We, we're doing this because we really want you to enjoy your experience. And I think if more people came into a restaurant experience understanding that with that mindset, that they would enjoy it more, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it definitely comes through in your food. I will say that much. And then to get you out of here on a positive note, what is your favorite thing about being a part of the restaurant industry? Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm going to make you boil it down to one. Wow. Chaos. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Chaos. I, I love chaos. I love the insanity of it all. I love it when nobody knows what the hell is going on. <laughs> and then pulling it all back together, you know, when everything just hits the fan. And then, nope, we're going to make it. We're going to do this. And you just, yeah, sheer will, pull it all back together and get through the day. Uh, yeah, there's nothing, there's no greater feeling than that. I tell a story about, I my, my first kitchen job was at Zio's Pizza. My sister was an assistant manager. And I was on my second day at the Sharky's location, which you guys are maybe too young to remember. Um, it's a 24-hour fitness on 76th and oh, okay. Cass now. Um, but I was, on, I, it was my, I was on my second day. And the manager left. And my sister was running the front. And it was me and another guy who had started a week before me in the kitchen. And we ran out of sauce on a Friday night. I didn't know how to make sauce. I didn't know how to make Zio sauce. I knew, you know, it's tomato sauce. Um, and we had a line to the door. And it was crazy. And so I just started opening cans of tomatoes and finding spices and mixing things up and doing whatever I could to put sauce on pizza so I could feed people. And for some reason in that hellish environment, that was probably the moment when I knew that I was going to be in this industry for the rest of my life. Wow. So it's all about chaos. It's all about chaos and the ability to stay calm and be a part of it and see it through. For all the number of times I've asked that question in three and a half years, no one has ever thought of <laughs> chaos. And that is what makes Kitchen Table awesome. One of the many reasons and one of the many reasons why diners, I would just highly encourage you get out to kitchen table like and he's talking about chaos this is not a place where you ever feel chaos it's an open kitchen but even if i mean it's the classic 
duck water routine. You guys might be going crazy, but everything looks smooth on the surface. The feet are churning underneath, but the duck is very calm on the surface. And the food is just spectacular. I mean, it's, yeah, it's burgers, it's pulled pork sandwiches, it's Rubens, it's breakfast sandwiches, it's salads. But with the dial just turned up because of everything we've talked about, because of the ingredients you're using because of each step you're taking because of all the time that is put in behind the scenes that the diner does not see that goes into making their meal. And I think that's what makes kitchen table just a special restaurant. It's the reason you guys have stuck around for almost 10 years. I hope it's another 10, 20, 30 more, however long you guys want to do this, (laughs) however long you can sustain the chaos. But I, I'm so grateful for you guys and just all the work that you put in and for coming on the podcast today. Thank you very much for your time. Thank, Thank you, you Dan. for Appreciate what it. you do for Omaha food. Yeah, it's huge. It helps a lot. Yeah. All right. Omaha, as always, thanks for eating with us. A Huda Media Production.